The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 14th, 2023. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Wow, what a beautiful day here in Sonoma County. You know, when I was driving over and listening to about what's going on in Hawaii, my heart just broke. It's just my heart goes out to all the people there, and I just... I just hope that this is another lesson for us to wake up and recognize that we do have a problem on this planet, and it's called climate change, and we really have to start looking at it. Well, I have a very, very special guest this morning. Uh, joining me on the phone is Amani Shroff. He's one of the, she is one of the youngest women activists I have interviewed to date. She actually reached out to me. She wrote me telling me what she was doing, and after talking with her, I knew she needed to be on Women's Spaces. I was amazed at what she accomplished at her age as a young woman and wanted to support her and all her efforts. And it, it goes along with my philosophy. Our children are the future, and they are fighting for a future, and we all need to listen to them and to support them. After all, when you truly look at the world, I know I must ask myself, what is the future for the upcoming generations? And young people like Armani are struggling and organizing and trying to make a difference. And another good thing about her, I'm going to be playing a wonderful song that she introduced called Women's World. I can't wait till it plays because I'll tell you, it's the first song I've ever listened to that really expressed how I felt growing up as a young woman, you know, with all the different things that are put on us. You know, you got to be this way. For me, it was, you know, I was always worried about my hair and the fact that I had maybe <laughs> too long, <laughs> too <laughs> too big of a waistline. I mean, it was really, you know, it, it when you're young, you make opinions of yourself. And it's so important to start looking at those opinions and make sure that they're your opinions and not the opinions of the outside world coming into you and telling you who you are. You know, I, I do a lot of, I go on the internet a lot. I love Facebook and I love, uh, I love YouTube. I mean, YouTube is just such a great, a great resource of, of uh, news and, and music. But, you know, I came across, someone, someone posted this. It's kind of an anonymous thing, but I thought it was well worth reading because, you know, we, you know, ch- it, children learn what they live. They probably, rather, they live what they learn. If we teach them to be loving and kind and have a sense of equality, that's how they kind of grow up. If we allow them to be, you know, negative or bullying or whatever's going on in them, then then it, their life is not as good as or positive as it can be. So I want to read this. It's kind of a little a reminder, you know, because school is about – school actually started. I mean, I was shocked. Here we are already. It's August 14th. Half the month is gone. I say to myself, how fast can life go by but school started and i want to you know i want to ask you a favor this is what the the uh the uh 
thing that I found on the uh, on Facebook. Sit down with your child for five minutes and explain that there is no reason to make fun of someone for being tall, short, chubby, skinny, black, white, or Hispanic, autistic, etc. There's nothing wrong with wearing the same shoes every day. Explain to them that a used backpack carries the same dreams as a new one. Please teach them not to exclude anyone for being different or having the same possibilities or not having the same possibilities as another. Explain to them that teasing hurts and that school is for going to learn. Listen to that. That school is a place for going to learn, not to compete. You and I are worth the same. Education starts at home. I think this is a very important message to give our children and to talk to them about it, you know, to let them know that it's not right to make fun of other people. It's not right to be racist. I mean, here in our own community, we're struggling with that on many levels. So it's very important just to be aware, you know, we all can do something. You know, some of us volunteer, some of us get out and protest. But here's something a mother and a father can do before their child goes to school to remind them, to remind them that we're all children of the earth and we must be treated kindly, not not made fun of. I know when I was growing up, I had to, this was in 1945 when I went to kindergarten. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And I wore glasses. And they didn't have these fancy glasses like they have now. You know, it's just pink, ugly frames. And all I heard all the time was four eyes, four eyes, four eyes. And then when I took off my glasses, they call me cross-eyed. And I'd go home and I'd cry. And my mother and father would tell me I got to toughen up. Well, how do you toughen up when you're hearing those things? I mean, they affect you through your whole life. So it's very important that parents sit down with their children and remind them that school is for going to learn, not to compete, not to bully. Very, very important message for sure. So whoever did that, it's anonymous, whoever wrote it or whoever posted it, I want to thank you for it because it's a good reminder to all of us to think about these things and to, you know, look at how can we be a better person. I mean, that's just a simple solution, I know. But, you know, every little bit helps. You would be surprised. Well, you know, we're coming up on August 26th, which is very interesting, on uh, uh, Women's Equality Day. I just, just another celebration. And next week I will be interviewing Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the founders of the National Women's History Project, now known as the National Women's History Alliance, to talk about Women's Equality Day and one of the events – uh, that there's an ally- there's an event that the alliance is putting on that I am really excited about, uh, and it's going to be happening on August 19th. It's a webinar, and it happens from 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific Daily Time to uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daily Time. Oh no, I see. It starts at 11 a.m. Uh, here in California, and then it's 2 p.m. Uh, back east. And it's hosted by the women, the National Women's History Alliance, and it's going to be a panel. And some of the people that are on the panel are just outstanding. The moderator is going to be Christine Pelosi. You know, I believe she's Nancy Pelosi's daughter. She's an attorney and author and public policy advocate. They're going to have a person, a young woman by the name of Ting Ping Chang, and she's the uh, director of uh, Columbia Law School. 
uh, ERI project, which is amazing. And then we have Eleanor Schmal. She's a president and co-founder at the Feminist Minority Foundation. And then we have uh, Carolyn Maloney, who's a former U.S. Uh, – let's see, what is she? A former U.S. representative from New York. And then uh, another person who's the president and CEO of the ERI Coalition and Fund for Women's Equality, Sakaya Sakaya uh, Thomas, and uh, we actually, excuse me, it's Sakia Thomas, we actually had her on the air last week, and she's just amazing. And and what's so exciting about this is that the 19th, there's going to be this webinar uh, about the ER, uh, ERA, and you can find out all about it by going to the National Women's History Alliance.org, and you can register. I really encourage people to join in on this. I mean, it's so informative. I mean, I know last week when I interviewed uh, interviewed Zakia, I, I learned things that I had not even realized about the uh, Equal Rights Amendment and how how difficult it's been and how well, it's still difficult, but there's a big push now and hopefully it'll happen. So go to National Women's History Alliance to reg, .org to register and I hope, I hope there's a lot of people there from, a lot of young women, particularly from uh, Northern California that attend or at least that listen to this show. And then what's really interesting is, and then two days later, which is Monday the 21st, and I am so, August 21st, I am so excited about this also, because Zakia Thomas agreed to come on the NOW monthly meeting, and I'm really excited about that. So if you go to NOW, uh, NOW Sonoma County on uh, Facebook, you can get all the information, all the different, uh, the codes for the, how to get on to Zoom. It's a special Zoom. It's going to be Monday, August August 21st is going to be happening from 6.30 to 8 p.m., and that's also in California. And she's she's going to be speaking. Zakia Thomas is going to be speaking. She's the president and CEO of the ERA Coalition and Fund for Women's Equality. And I'm really excited about having her on. And it's so important. You know, oftentimes we want to know what, what can we what can we do. I think the first step. The first step to anything is to get educated, to find out about things, and then ask yourself, what can I do? How can I participate? And there's so many ways to participate. You know, number one, like the first thing I did is I read the thing, what you can tell your children before they go to school. But also you could, you could participate by showing up at these, at these different events. You know, the one especially that the National Women's History Alliance is doing, here's a panel of professional women that will give you all kinds of information and all kinds of ideas on how you can get involved. And I think that's the frustration for many of us because we don't know where do we go, where do we put our energy in. You know, it's very, very, very interesting. So I really encourage you to go to check out the uh, webinar that's happening on August 19th and then check out the now webinar that's happening on uh, uh, the 19th, which is two days later, and I'm, I'm really so excited about it. It really is. And all you have to do is go on to Now Sonoma on uh, Facebook, and you'll get all the different uh, codes how to get on. And of course, uh, we're going to pop it on uh, Women's Spaces this morning. I'll make sure that Ken gets it on the website before we even put the show up because it's very, very important that people attend these very important um, webinars. You know, it. <laughs> There's so many things going on. There are so many things going on. You know, and the thing that really, 
really gets to me is why I don't understand why this Equal Rights Amendment, you know, it's almost 100 years since Alice Paul, it's over 100 years actually since suffragette Alice Paul made the recommendation that we should have an Equal Rights Amendment on the Constitution of the United States. And it's been ratified by all the states that are necessary now. But what's happening, I guess there's kind of a debate because the, uh, I guess there was a timeline. And I, I don't understand these timelines. You know, sometimes things take a little bit more time. So you have to extend them. I mean, that that's what it's all about. But in democracy, you need to have men and women mentioned in our Constitution. You know, that's something that bothers me. Everything is he, 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 he. What happened to she, 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 she? It's very important when you start thinking about it. And we're still struggling as women. We're still struggling. And, you know, when I look at Hawaii and climate change, you know, I think of paradise. You know, I was looking at the fire and I was looking at these destroyed cars. And I said, where do the people go? Do they get burned in those cars or they run in the water? They had a, an interview with one gentleman that was in him and his wife were in the water for eight hours. Can you imagine eight hours and they were fair for their life? In fact, he he said to his wife and, and she said to him, if we drown, if either one of us drown, you just have to survive. I mean, it's really, I just don't understand why it is, why it is that we have been talking about climate change for over 50 years. And we're running into one disaster after another. And, you know, people say, oh, the science is not real. This isn't real. You know, everything seems to be because you can't make a profit or whatever the illusion is, is that they're stopping everything. But when you start looking at what's happened in the past 10 years, I mean, here in Sonoma County alone, I mean, I I was my daughter up in in, uh, she lives in Rankin Valley was threatened with her home when they had the fire about two and a half years ago. You know, we've been lucky the last two summers that nothing happened. But look what's happening. Look what happened in Hawaii, a whole historical town almost destroyed. And when I look at the beauty of it before the fire and I listen to some of the issues that the people were that they weren't even warned. I mean, there's something happening that people, our representatives are not paying attention And I think it's important that we make sure that we elect representatives that are actually going to pay attention to what's going on. Well, you know, uh, our history is our strength. It really is. Our history is our strength. And when I start thinking, you know, about how difficult it is, I have to go back. You know, there was a – I can't remember his name right, right now, but surprisingly, at one time, doctors did not wash their hands after they did autopsies. They would go from an autopsy into maybe having a woman give birth, and that woman would die because of infection. And finally, someone discovered that, you know, if you wash your hands and get rid of the germs, you would cut that, you would cut that death rate down. And there was a protest about that. I mean, I probably called them socialists and communists because they wanted to wash their hands. It took years before it was finally a regulation that you had to wash your hands Whatever you did, I mean, it's just amazing. You're shaking your head, Ken, just thinking about it, you know. And that's how I feel. Just shake my head. Why was it so hard to wash your hands? Why is it so hard to get our trusted leaders? I mean, that's the problem. Maybe they're not trusted leaders to start looking at climate change and start doing something about it. That doctor's name was Dr. Semmelweis. Dr. Semmelweis. 
and he went through torture. I mean, they, they, they put him down. He almost lost his career just because he wanted people to wash their hands. Now, tell me, is that, what does that have to do with anything, washing your hands and washing your face? I mean, <laughs> I just have to scratch my head. Well, anyway, like we do every Monday morning, our history is our strength, and there's a lot of good stuff going on, you know, as far as history goes. You know, one of the things there's a, uh, on August, she was, what happened on August 14th, 1986, Rear Admiral Grace Murray Hopper retires from active duty in the U.S. Navy. She was a pioneer in uh, computer science and inventor of the computer language COBOL, C-O-B-O-L. She was the oldest officer still on active duty at the time of her retirement. But the most important thing is here was a woman that was so involved developing some of our computer science and we how we don't, we generally don't even know know anything about that. That's why our history is so important. And it's so important to understand that if you put your mind to something, you get educated, you become part of something that's amazing, the things that you can do. And then we have some birthdays here. I love this birth, this woman. She was the uh, August, she was born August 14th, 1899. And she was uh, made her transition in 1990. That was Carolyn Ware. She was a history professor, pioneer in the cultural approach to history, uh, an expert on consumer affairs. She was the chair of the American Association of U- University Women Committee on Social Studies. Imagine that. This woman was born in 1899, way before we women even got the vote, got herself educated, and here did all these amazing things and stood up for what she believed was right. Another person that I really, really found very interesting, and I had no idea that this existed, that was Ethel Payne. She was called the First Lady of the Black Press, the first African-American female radio and television commentator at a national news organization, CBS, in 1972. And you know it's so interesting because I was looking up. Well, what's the black pet? What's the black press? Well, the United States Black Press is 176 years old this year. It began in uh, 1827 when John Russman and Samuel Cornish started Freedom's Journal in New York. By the Civil War, uh, by the Civil War, 40 black newspapers were being published, and during the 1920s and 30s, when major papers virtually ignored black Americans, the glory of the black press began. And Eleanor Payne is known as the first lady of the black press because of her fearless, her fearlessness as a journalist and a civil rights activist. You know, these are the shoulders of the women that we're standing on. Can you imagine here in the 1900s, you know, in the coming of black press, what went on? I mean, right now we're, we have racism. We're still struggling racism. But way back then, I mean, forget it. Forget it. Well, anyway, we have another birthday, and that was August 15th. Um, she was born 1918, and she made her transition in 19. 19- 95, and that was Faye Knopp. She was a pacifist and feminist, a prisoner, uh, prison uh, reformer, member of the Women's Strike for Peace, and she pioneered more humane treatment of prisoners based on compassion and a belief that people can change themselves. Give them some tools, and you are amazed. Give them some tools, and you can, they can literally change 
change themselves. I'm reading an interesting book. It's called Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. You know, it's all these different things that go on into changing and making things better in this world. Well, one other birthday we have that I thought was very, very interesting. She was born August 18, 1911, and she made her transition in uh, 2015, and that was Amelia Boynton Robinson. She's an activist who was a leader in the American Civil Rights Movement in Selma, Alabama, and a key figure in the 1965 uh, Selma to Montgomery marches. What courage it took for Amelia to stand up and stand and be part of those marches when they had sheriffs and dogs and everything else surrounding them. But she stood up. She stood up and she made her voice known and lots of changes were made and lots of lives were lost. But at the same time, no change happens unless people like this woman, unless we stand up and say enough is enough. And the last one is one of my favorite she was born August 18, 1927, and she deserves she deserves acknowledgement, and that's Rosalind Carter. She was the U.S. First Lady from 1977 to 1981, politically active while in the White House, focused on mental health, senior citizens, and community volunteerism, co-founded the Carter Center with her husband, Jimmy Carter, in 1982. Well, her birthday's coming up, and what I want to say is happy birthday, Rosalind Carter. You really contribute a lot to women and to the world itself, and I really, really appreciate you and appreciate definitely President Carter and all he stood for. Well, that's a lot to think about, a lot to chew on, and amazing, amazing, these women. You know, we're all making history. No matter what we do, everything becomes history. We have our own personal history. We have the history of the world around us. History is so important because it tells us what we did right, what we did wrong, how we can improve. And it also lets us know that things are possible. Things can change. I mean, look at our world. And right now they want to put us backwards, and we have to stand strong to keep moving forward well we're going to take a musical break and like i said at the beginning you know uh, dealing with young people you find out all kinds of new music and i found this song called women's you know it's women what's that song women's world women's world and it's sung by a group called the mix and i'll tell you they're four just beautiful young women and this is a song that really expresses a lot about, I think, what women feel, the expectation we have that's put upon us, you know, our, with our beauty. We, you know, we're looked at for our beauty, not our brains. You know, it's very, very interesting when you listen to this song and you listen to the words. So listen to it carefully. And when we come back, I'm going to be uh, joining me on the phone will be Amani Shroff, who's a student activist. She's one of the youngest women activists that I have interviewed to date. So let's go ahead and let's play that song, Ken, and we'll get Amani on the line. Every day she tells her daughter, baby, you're not just a pretty face. She says you got to work much harder than every single man that's just the way. But she goes to the same job every day 
listening to that when she first recommended this song to me when Armani recommended it I said oh I it was I didn't think I could change the music or put it on and then all of a sudden I started listening to it and I thought oh my goodness if that doesn't reflect the way I felt growing up as a woman and still you know what am I going to wear my hair you know all you know I even wrote a poem called I'm here to declare I'm more than my hair but it doesn't work I still worry about it Anyway, for you just joining us, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Amani Schroth, who is one of the youngest activists uh, that I have interviewed who is passionate about women's issues and I've, uh, that I've had on Women's Spaces. Well, Amani, welcome. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for having me. Can you speak up a little bit, my friend? 
Sure, yeah. Thank you so much for having me here today. Well, I am really, really honored to have you. I mean, I just want to tell my listening audience that you reached out to me, and when I got to you and I got the little letter from you and your resume, I was so impressed that I just knew I just had to have you on the show. Is it okay if I tell folks just a little bit about you? Sure. Amani Shaw is a student at Kalman High School and is very passionate about women's issues and its connections to political science. During the summer of 2022, she was the social media lead for the young adult outreach for Naloa Corzo's successful campaign to be the first Latina woman on the San Mateo Board of Supervisors. She is part of the group that crafted an outreach strategy. This is so interesting. She was part of the group that crafted an outreach reach strategy that helped that helped the candidate come back from a large deficient and minimal funds compared to her competition with their efforts they were able to overcome a pre-election deficit to win by 876 votes Amazing what activists can do it can do by working in this election, she understood the importance of getting women in politics and decided to start a political science podcast called vantage point and Folks, I have to tell you Amani is not even sixteen yet where she discusses government and policy for youth. She believes it is important for youth to be involved in laws that affect them. She also loves writing poetry, and I asked her, I hope she has a little short poem that I'm going to have her read, and uses it as a means of communicating with her emotions. As a first-generation Indian girl, I I guess you're Native American, um, Armani? Um, I'm not Native American. I'm from Asia. Oh, you're from Asia. So you call yourself an Indian girl. Often writes about the treatment of women. She loves to volunteer at her local temple and teaches 40 young girls every Sunday about culture and most importantly, to believe in themselves. That's so beautiful. Most importantly, to believe in themselves. Anything else you'd like to add, Amani? No, I think um, I think you covered it. I just I have a, like a deep passion for political science um, and making sure that youth are um, engaged um, in civics and politics. I think it's it's so important. Okay, let's begin. Let's begin to begin with what were some of the challenges you you believe, you know, that youth are experiencing that that motivated you to all of a sudden become so involved in the whole political aspect of life. What what was your motivation? What was that moment that you said, "I have to do something. This is too frustrating for me." Yeah, so I think um I think there were like a couple of different things. Like one of the first things was COVID-19 because the youth of today are completely different than youth have ever been in any period in history because of COVID and the circumstances that were in COVID. Um, their impression of the world is different. We have different ideas about society. And we were kind of deprived from social interaction and just focused on um, certain things and isolation and sitting with yourself for so long. And I think it completely changed our ideas of the world. Um, and then on top of that, there's social media, which often leads to um, teens being overwhelmed by information um, and false news, and so many different um, things can be overwhelming to them. So with a kind of a combination of these things, I decided that I wanted to be the one to, like, start making change um, in my society and in my community. And I talked to my friends and 
peers in my school, and I saw that so many others were having these same troubles where they were being confused and overwhelmed. So um, I decided that if I could be the one to start making change, then others would as well. Oh, that is that is so amazing, you know, that you came to that awareness. You know, well, what were some of the people that were inspiring you? I mean, were you reading any books? I mean, who were you listening to? I mean, what, what, who inspired you and where did you get your courage? I mean, most young people do not have the courage to speak out. I mean, what an example you are. But where, where did you get your courage and, and, and how would you encourage other people to speak out? Yeah, so I think, um, like, the first person would always, would probably be my mother because she always encouraged me to use my voice and not um, follow what other people were saying. She would always encourage me that if I had an opinion and if I had something to say, then I have to say it because I I have a responsibility to the world to say that. And then I think um, there was also, like, so many wonderful women in politics that inspired me, like Michelle Obama, um, Kamala Harris, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I always grew up watching the news with my family, and I would see these women on the screen, and I would see them and the wonderful work they were doing, and they kind of taught me that as a woman, we have the power to speak out and um, use our words and actions to make change. You know, this is a little bit ego, but uh, I have to ask you, what inspired you to reach out to women's spaces? I mean, I remember when, when you, I got the, the email from you, I said, oh, my goodness, I have to talk to this young woman. What, what inspired you to reach out to me? Yeah, women's spaces, like, uh, I absolutely love, like, the mission um, and this entire space, and I love, like, kind of community it has built. I, I, I always listen to the radio and I feel like listening to all the people that you interview and all the stories, like, it's, it's like, always fuels my passion. So I just thought, like, I would interview, I would, like, email you and just, like, reach out and, um, you know, um, just see if there's any way I could get involved because I truly love women's spaces. Well, you know, here you are. I mean, uh, what you did was you reached out. I mean, that's the most important thing. People have to hear that. Ask ask don't be afraid to ask well you know let's we're going to take a a little musical break after this question and i just want i want you to know the song i'm going to play the second uh, when we take the break is specifically for you it's something a song that i wanted you to hear and so when we play it you'll 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 know what i mean but before we go into a musical break from your perspective what do you believe are some of the biggest problems that youth are, face, are facing today? I mean, what, what kind of conversations are – I mean, I, I believe you're not even 16 yet. Am I correct? Yeah. Right. I mean – Go ahead. I'm turning 16. Okay, so you're, you know, you're, you're just turning 16 and, and you've accomplished so much already. What, what, is, what is the youth talking about? What, what do they believe are some of their problems? And what do you think some of the challenges are in getting listened to? Yeah, I think, um, like, the youth today are, like, are facing so many different problems. But some of the big ones is um, with the, like, changing political systems and things like that. Um, they often feel like they don't have a voice um, and they can't do anything, especially with, um, I feel like, I feel anxiety from a lot of my classmates with gun problems and the fear of that coming into our world. Um, so I think just with the increased political turmoil and issues, 
there's, it reflects the way that you feel because every policy, even if lawmakers don't feel it, every policy affects youth and sometimes it affects youth the most. Um, and I think just these political issues are one of the biggest things that um, youth face as a problem today. Well, I think, I think you're right, you know, and, and the most important thing is to be heard. You know, I remember, I remember it was really interesting. They had a meeting. There was a young group of, uh, I can't remember the name of the group now. It was an environmental group, and they met with, with uh, Senator uh, Dianne Feinstein, and she got real upset with them. She says, well, you know, I've been in this, in this game for 30 years. I know what to do. You're not going to tell me what to do. And I, I, I thought to myself, wait a minute. If you know what to do, why, why are we in this in this situation now and you need to listen to the young people because it's their world that's coming it's their world you're affecting i mean you know and and what's so interesting just in listening to you you know i'm 83 and here you are not even 16 and we're talking together and this is so important because i have so much to learn from you and you have so much to learn from me and together you know together if we all come together particularly i i really i really say women need to come together but as we come together, women and men, you know, we can make a change. So, Amani, we're going to take a, a musical break. Is that okay? And then we'll come back and continue our conversation? Sounds great. Okay, the song I'm going to play is called Light a Candle. It was written by Neil Young, but it's sung by a group by Frozen Heart. And I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to the lyrics because this is a very important song. And oh, by the way, one, one, two things before we go on the musical break. I want to know your mother's name because I want to give her a shout out. Oh, uh, my mother's name is Nino. Omino, I want to say thank you. Thank you for encouraging your daughter to speak out. We need more mothers like you. And and secondly, uh, did you enjoy the fact that I did w- I play Women's World? I did, yeah. That's one of my favorite songs. Well, it really it put me into a whole space, <laughs> let me tell you. And I started listening to it, and I looked at it. There was a one, a one, uh, one play on YouTube where they had all their lyrics, and I thought, man, this is exactly what I went through. So anyway, Ken, let's go ahead and play Light a Candle, and we're going to take a musical break. And when we come back, I will continue my conversation with Amani Shroff, who is one of the youngest women activists I have interviewed to date, and I must say, It is an absolute pleasure. So let's go ahead, Ken. Instead of cursing in the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something Yeah. 
Love it, love it, love it. Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt, and I'm in conversation with Amani Shroff, who is one of the youngest women activists I've interviewed to date, and we are talking about the youth, their needs, and activism. Well, Amani, welcome back. How would you think of that song? That's such a beautiful song. I think it had a really nice meaning. It does. It lets you know it's like if there's something that we're looking forward to. We know there's a better place. We know there's a better future. And also, before I ask you the next question, you know, Ken was a little bit curious. He wanted to know where did you where did you hear about women's spaces? Did you uh, listen to it on a broadcast, a podcast? Someone tell you about it or listen? To, how, how did you find us? Um, it was actually through some research um, because I was looking for. It was, I was not looking for women's radios, but I was just looking for, like, um, like spaces in general that have, um, that empower women, like, whether it's, like, communities or clubs or things like that. And I, um, I came across women's spaces, and then I just started listening to it um, out of intrigue. And as, the more I listened, the more curious I became, and then I was just completely drawn in. Well, thank you for sharing that. What a compliment. Thank you so much. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about youth now again. Why why is it important for youth to be educated about civic uh, engagement? And in relation to that, talk about your uh, podcast, Vantage Point. Does that cover that civic and all kinds of different rules and regulations and how our country is run? Yeah, so I think our... Um really important for youth to be educated about civic engagement because they need to feel empowered to make change because um, all issues affect youth, like education, health care, immigration, the environment, gun violence, foreign policy. All of these issues affect youth. And when young people feel empowered to vote, when they feel empowered to participate in um, civic engagement, they can bring valuable perspectives to these issues that are not always there. And research has shown that participating in communities and being a part of groups, working on issues, has so many benefits for youth. It can lead to the increased academic performance and an improved social-emotional well-being. So to kind of help more youth feel like they're involved in their community, I created my podcast, Vantage Point, which has the mission of simplifying complex political issues made just for youth. Um, and it's a free of opinion, nonpartisan perspective that just presents the facts in a very, very simplified manner. It connects all the topics to history and encourages youth to take a stance and form an opinion. How is your following? I mean, do you find that there's a lot of interest in this area for young people? 
Yeah, so I um, I just launched it about a month ago, so it's still brand new, but already, like, I think um, a lot of people are interested, and as school starts again, I plan to um, advertise it to more people and encourage more people to listen and get involved in other ways as well, especially with the election coming up. Well, I think that is really, really empowering. It really, really is when you think about it. How do they? How do they listen to your program? Is it? It's, it's a podcast, right? So, how would they find you? Yeah, um, I'm on Spotify and Buzzsprout. I listed as Vantage Point. Vantage. So a lot of people. Yeah. So it's on. It's on Spotify, and and all they have to do is go on there and they look up Vantage Point, and then are you on every week? Are you? How is it? How are you? How are you recording? Um. So I don't have a schedule, but I post as often as I can. Um, I try to post about once a week, um, and it, it's really in accordance with, like, the events of that week and what happened. So if it was, like, a more eventful month or something, then I would post more episodes. Well, it's amazing that you that you even went that far to start the, the podcast. You know, I think that's just amazing. So I, I will make sure that we po- uh, post that on, uh, on Women's Spaces to let people know how to get a hold of you. And also always uh, let me know if there's any special topic or something that you want people to get out, then I'm always happy to post it also on Women's Spaces. Well, you know, I'm very, very curious. You know, here you are, this young woman, and you worked on this, you worked on this uh, campaign with the uh, Nolia Kozo for supervisor. How, how did you feel when, I mean, here it was a huge success for you. I know it was a lot of work and she only won by 876 votes, which is amazing that you got those extra people out there. What, what did it feel for you after you, after she won? What, what message did you, that give you for yourself? I think it was like really inspiring and her story and the way she overcame her struggles was really inspiring, and I think um, it kind of um, motivated me and encouraged me even more, let me know that, like, the underdog can rise. And, um, like, she was the first woman and the first Latina woman to be on our board of supervisors. So I think it was it showed me that even if the world seems to be deprived from hope and we, if we don't have um, enough women out there in politics, there's still a chance, there's still... Um, the light at the end of the tunnel, and there's still always ways that more we can get more women to be involved in politics. Well, what's interesting, too, is that, you know, you brought her up from, you know, she was kind of behind. She had problems, issues with, with you know, with money, always, always issues with money. And yet she was able to win by 876 votes and that the young people came out like that. So I want to congratulate you. Well, we are coming to the end of our segment, which is just amazing. I can't believe how, how fast things go by. So what message, here you are on the radio, what message do you want to send out to youth and also to us older people about youth? What, what, what's in your heart? What would you like to say? Um, I think I would like to say that, um, that no matter what situation you're in, always feel that you can make change in the world. And no matter how young you are, how old you are, or wherever you are in life, you can always um, make change. And your voice um, always matters. I just recently read a quote that said, those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. (laughs) And I think that's 
super important in today's world. I really like that. Well, we have a little time. Did you did you pick a little short poem that you can read? Because I know you love poetry and love to. I'm also a poet. I know. I hope when you go on women's spaces, go in the poetry section. And also, if you want to, if you want, send me that poem, and we'll also post it. So, you want to go ahead? Do you have a little poem you'd like to read? Sure, I would love to. So go ahead. Um, So this poem is called Become What You Dream. Crunch the leaves. Tilt your head to feel the sky. Watch the trees bend to create dark. Passing secrets and juggling shadows. Listen to the song of the stars like sonnets of passing ghosts. Swimming in the sunlight. Staying and swaying. Seeking to find your voice for another life. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I would like you to email that to me if you'd like, and we will we will post it on the uh, on our website. I mean, that is worth posting. That is really beautiful. Because it's just a thought, you know. And I, and also, you know, the the beauty of that poem is when you talk about the stars. You know, we live in the middle of this beautiful, mysterious universe. You know, and there's so much going on. If we would just put our heads together, it's amazing what we can do. Well, we've come to we're coming to the end of the segment and what I'd like you to do is just give me one thing that you would like to see politicians work on a little bit more seriously. And then give us your website and recommend and uh, recommendations uh, of folks who might like to support and follow you. Um, I would like politicians to work more on making sure that schools are appropriately funded and students get the resources they need to vote and get involved. Um, and I would advise all youth to support, to, uh, if not national politics, then be involved in local politics. Is that super important as well? And continue to read the news and stay informed. Well, that's important to stay informed. When you say read the news, like read a newspaper, listen to it, make sure that you, you find out what's going on. Not, turn, not, not put your head in the sand, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, you have some last words. Give us your uh, website. If you have a website, you know, how can people support you? How can they follow you? And what are some of the next, your next steps that you're going to be involved in? Um, I don't have a website right now, but feel free to listen to my podcast. And um, I just, I hope to continue posting on there more. Um, I hope to continue writing poetry and um, hopefully Um, encourage more people to get involved in politics, get them connected, and um, be in more spaces like this one. Well, Amani Shaw, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such a delicious guest on Women's Spaces, and I want to wish you much success. And any support that you can, I can give you, you know, please keep in touch. And also, one more time, how do they get a hold of the podcast? How do they find your podcast, Vantage Point? Yeah, so it's on Spotify, and you just search up Vantage Point on um, on the search bar, and you should find it. I'm Amani Shroff. Well, thank you again, Armani, and I want to wish you much, much success. You just keep on going. You know, sometimes it's rough, you know, and when you go in women's spaces, I don't know if you've seen that you saw the the women's spaces pledge, remember your self-esteem doesn't count on anybody outside of you, and you have enough self-esteem, I think, to, to, to understand that. So thank you so much, my friend, and I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. 
Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Well, folks, that's it for the show. Uh, I I have a confession to make. I am so excited. I can't stand it to, to interview such a young, articulate woman. I mean, she's not even 16 years old. I mean, she should be an example. And for us older folks out there, you know, listen to what she's doing. I feel a little bit ashamed. I should be doing just a little bit more. Well, reminder, tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. this evening. I'm so excited. I get to listen to myself. A special reminder, remember there's those two very important uh, seminars coming up on the ERA, one that the National History National Women's History Alliance is going to be doing, and the other one, the National Organization for Women, Sonoma County Chapter. If you go on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces.com, all the information is there. And once again, remember, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. You know, we have to invest in our future. When we invest in our future, we're investing in our children's future. And that's for all children. I mean, when you think of children are suffering across the globe with wars and hungers and famines. And, oh, my God, look at the children probably in Hawaii that just happened to and all the other different places with all this climate change going on. So there's a lot to think about. And if if anything that I got out of this in, this interview with this young woman was the fact that we have to all become involved. We all have to stand up. We have to pay attention. We have to get ourselves educated. And we have to be careful about who we vote for. And we must realize that we are all children of the earth. We are family, whether we like it or not. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holtz, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Oh, it's, oh, it's what, what, what is it, 5630? It's it's kind of interesting. Ken is trying to get me to make sure that I have the, the time right when we sign off. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holtz, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And I hope that you tune in. Tell your friends. If you if you like this show, tell your friends to listen at 11 o'clock tonight. You know, it's really amazing. And there are many, many. We're on many podcasts. And like Amani said, do your research. Find out what's going on in the world. Find out what people are doing and see how you can plug in. You know, it's very, very important. You know, let there be peace on earth and a very important line, let it begin with me. Take you home now The woman in your life She can wait so easily She knows everything you do Because the woman in your life is you Because the woman in your life The woman in your life The woman in your life The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 14th, 2023.